Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Holmes, it's the The One Show show, the podcast that holds TV's The One Show to account for crimes against television. It's like Nuremberg, except with a focus on short films about the mating habits of crabs rather than genocide. As ever, part one of this week's ep dropped yesterday, so if you'd like this, part two to make any kind of sense, we recommend going back to listen to that first. Joining me to put it in the dock this week, Joel Morris and Lucy Pinder. I liked this film, though. This was a film about with an underwater wildlife photographer who specialises yeah. in sharks. I quite like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I was very into it. I, was, I liked his camera, basically, from a technical point of view. Um, he was hanging out with, the, it was all the sharks that are around Cornwall. He said like, there's like 20, 30 species yeah, of sharks. Yeah. I didn't know. That was interesting. Yeah. Uh, and he was hanging out with them, but they weren't, because he was just, they were bumping into him like cats. Yeah. Finally, the first dorsal fin appears. Look at this, see? It's following the yellow boy in. The shark comes in for the bait. Time to get in. Once I get into the water, you can see just how beautifully blue these sharks are. It's amazing. We've got about three or four sharks that are just constantly coming up to the camera. However, they are just as curious about us as we are about them. There's a shark just here. <laughs> going, oh, we've got pathetic sharks. I love the fact that the British sharks, they're not... You're going, oh, God, is he going to get in the water with... Her? Oh, they're fine. Yeah. They're just oh, fish. They're like big cats yeah. <laughs> with fins. It was like he's gone to Battersea Sharks home. It's yeah. quite nice. I know, yeah, exactly. They didn't show him in with great whites, did they? No. <laughs> they this don't was, come. Uh, but he got some great photographs. I mean, they, it was lovely. they were very, very good. Great. And that one of the basking sharks yeah. was beautiful. It was. So I was very into this film. I and think... you wanted it to last for oh, the remainder really of the show. Oh, Really, Please let this it go for 20 minutes. <laughs> but uh, it, was, it, it was one of those nice films as well where someone is good at something and yeah. passionate about something. And he wasn't like the most engaging orator or anything. Well, he self narrated as well. They well, didn't have a presenter yeah. for it. So he just said, yeah. So he got to talk about how you take a nice picture of a shark and yeah. where the light comes from, a natural light and like deep. He was talking about colour and things. It was yeah. quite relaxing. I like hearing someone who knows about something. I haven't had enough of experts. It was just a really nice feel of a man just saying, I do a thing, I'm good at it. But then we went back to um, the horror. Uh, a George Lazen. <laughs> Be shark anecdotes where he was. Oh, uh, he talked about jumping off the end of a key and w- jumped in some water, went past the shark, and came back up past the shark, and nothing happened. Well, actually, George, <laughs> you there. had um, any kind of shark experiences yourself? Well, I did dive off a wharf when I was down on holidays in Tartar. Oh. It's a high wharf, so you go down a long way in the water, 
And when I was going down, I went past a shark. <laughs> and I had to come back up again. Did you really? I, I think I turned into Donald Duck or something. Oh, <laughs> that was all credit to Clara. She shut his anecdote down yeah. and just went, well, you made it to the one show. <laughs> Things then. Oh. oh, do I get out quick. OK, well, listen. But uh, it wasn't hungry, you know. Yeah, and you made it here to the one show. There you go. <laughs> right on. Well, we're going to get just <laughs> yeah, to she stop. literally was like, oh, well, you're a lie. Stop fucking talking. <laughs> That's the best thing we can say about you is you are a lie. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I did think that as well, because we uh, Sean apparently is very enfeebled now and, and Roger's dead. And you're going, we're running out of ones to get on. Yeah. Yeah. He's just going, oh, God, this is terrible. They're dying. They're dying off. You've still got this one. <laughs> and so, it's just not worth booking. What did you learn from Mr. Broccoli? Said Clara at one point. Um, <laughs> the famous producer of the Bond, Bond film that he was in. And he went, who? Bond 25 is coming out next year. Um, and I was lucky enough to go to Jamaica to interview Barbara Broccoli. And obviously you were very close with her father. What did you learn from him about filmmaking and, and being an actor? Who? <laughs> <laughs> and then she went, you know... And he went, oh, nothing. From Mr. Broccoli? Cobbett. Nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. But it it, was, it is, oh. I think it is all of this, like, the whole villain thing. I, he can name Bond villains. He just wants to look like, hey, yeah, no, I don't care. Like, I don't care me, that yeah. I'm the shit's Bond. So, yeah, no, I've never watched any of the others. Of course I haven't. Yeah, oh. no. And then we had re- a- it wasn't clear, by the way. This is another thing that's really odd. It's never clear whether he's happy he was never Bond again or was oh, he's angry. furious, Joel. But because he keeps saying, I was happy to, you go, this is really weird, because the interview, the only question we can ask you, you're not answering properly. I've seen him interviewed loads, because I'm a big Bond fan. I've never had him answer honestly. Just if he just said once, that was a shit decision, and it wrecked everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Just I think it. that but that was the undercurrent. <laughs> yeah. This was oh, the really thing was. of him saying, well, a guy told me yeah. that Bond was going to, you know, bomb. And you think, you are fucking furious that yeah. you weren't Bond. But then we had, um, it was all right because <laughs> we, we pulled it all around with a film about stem cell blood. Fuck right, yeah. this I found, okay, this I found really, they did the whole film about it. And, and had, um, what's the doctor on there? Zoe. Kind of Zoe Dr. kind Zoe. of saying. Zoe Williams? Zoe's yeah. right, yep. Kind of saying, yeah, every, everyone should sign up to it. But then they had like an expert there kind of saying, we don't actually know if this is any good. Yes. And it's a bit of a... It was totally... The film was totally contradictory yeah. to what they were saying in the studio. Yeah, yeah. It, 100%. It was odd. And Zoe, you wholeheartedly believe that donating in this way is a great thing to do for society. Absolutely. The more of us that donate core blood, the bigger the bank is. And if any one of us become ill, the more likely we are to find a match. To treat your own child with their own cord blood. We just don't have the evidence for that currently. So yes. this is stem cell blood. So the idea is, isn't it, and they talk to a couple in the film, where if you freeze the blood from your umbilical cord when you have a baby, you can use that in the future to help cure any disease they might have that needs this treatment. But it's never been done... It's, it's proven, never really been proven, proven to yeah. work. Yeah. It was yeah. like a film about insurance. Yes, it yes. was. Which is basically something that's really hard and boring to explain. Because yeah. you go, well, you're taking a chance. What was odd is that it opened up with a classic one-show thing. And it was a line with something like, if you could be sure that your child... It was like, if you could be sure your child would never die, would you take that option? Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. you would. Parenthood is full of challenges. But something it's impossible to prepare for is your child becoming ill. Or is it? So immediately you're going, well, I'm going to listen to this because apparently my child's going to live to yeah. 406. <laughs> yeah. He'll never get anything. In fact, we can all live. We'll just all drink this stuff and we'll live forever. <laughs> At the end of it, it said, or maybe it won't. Yeah. You know, 
well, don't say that because I'm yeah. really listening. Yeah, because this sounds like a thing I need to know. And then there was a call out saying if you'd like to donate your cord blood, yeah, um, then you know, get put the, it's on our website, all this stuff. But in the meantime, the we've just been told there's no that there's no proof. The so, uh, do we or don't? Am I donating my cord blood? I don't know. Yeah, I mean that'd be weird. But you know what I mean. It's still, just, still got it in a jar. Yeah, at yeah, you know? I, I, I kept it just in case. <laughs> I'm all about the insurance. <laughs> You can't be too careful. I take a sip every night. Why do you think I'm so youthful? He's 89. <laughs> and he should have been six foot eight. <laughs> it has side effects. I actually look like George Lazenby. <laughs> but yeah, I just found it a really weird bit of... Because I thought they might address that when they went back to Zoe in the studio and kind of go, oh, so it's not... For her to kind of go, well, there's not like massive evidence, but we're, you know, there's a lot of research going into it. And it's something that, you know, we want yeah. people to do because then kind of the more we do it, the more research we find we have out research. But yeah. they didn't reference it. Just went, yeah, no, if you want to uh, donate your um, your kid's umbilical cord, uh, great stuff. Yeah. Pop it in an envelope, send it to. <laughs> yeah. Like a what blue Peter of Umbilical cord offer. <laughs> <laughs> What are their call-outs they do when they ask yeah. you to send photos in? It's Why like, do they do this? Send us, send us your umbilical cords. Oh. And we'll, we'll show in, them at the end of the program. We'll put them in a red frame with your name on a sticker on the back. The one show's got this odd, slightly children in needs. The BBC's mm. tone for these things where it goes, we've had a bit of fun, and now here's something serious about dementia or Alzheimer's, about a dementia or cancer or, or child death. And you go, oh, I'm paying attention now because this is serious. And you go, all you need to do off that is just not do bullshit. Yeah. Because you've definitely got my attention it's, a, it's where it gets it's most tabloid I think it sort of tickles your thing and I was watching that going and you can't help it you immediately think of your kids and you start worrying yeah. and you go oh am I being a bastard for not doing this and at the end of it they go and we're not going to tell you <laughs> it's just so cruel it's teasing its core audience with, so, with sort of stuff that no one's it's like those like, great phrases like, if you love your kids everyone does it's, a, it's just uh, <laughs> depends what the kids like but yeah it's one there those, are exceptions yeah <laughs> <laughs> they sort of go, yeah, you have to pay attention to this now, otherwise you're a bad parent. Yeah. And we're not going to tell you how to do anything about that. And it's, it was, I thought it was a, there's a mean kind of tabloidy getting your attention thing they yeah. do sometimes. I and I like. get that they just, they could have, the, the kind of tone of it could have been, this is something that's really interesting. We don't quite yeah. know where it's going. But yeah, it, it just I think felt... you've, you've isolated what's wrong with that because the phrase, this is really interesting. It's meant the one show said, this really isn't really our department. <laughs> Can we pass this to someone else? <laughs> We don't Sorry. know what we're talking about. Sorry, can the, we cut this one short? Yeah. The, the whole, Get back to um, Lazenby, quick. <laughs> oh, God, no, no, no! <laughs> Step away from Lazenby! The, on Thursday, they went back to asking... They, we haven't had this for a while, where they do ask for a picture to be sent in or something yeah. that you're doing, or your umbilical cord in oh, a jar, uh, whatever it might be. And on Thursdays, it was BBC Music Day. Yeah. BBC Music Day, so the one show celebrated by having... Um, an icon. An icon, yes. Love Nile Rodgers. I thought you meant Liam Gallagher. <laughs> and Liam Gallagher. Uh, yeah, Nile Rodgers was on with Emily Sande. Yeah. And uh, Liam Gallagher clearly refused to do any chat. So refused or they wouldn't risk it. Well, they risked Lazenby. Perhaps they learned from Lazenby. Yeah, yeah they, they thought, were like, do you know oh, what? God, we've done Sean Bean this week. <laughs> yeah. we've got, can you imagine? Not Liam Gallagher. They've, Come they, on. They've got a laminated sign above the desk with the words, learn from Lazenby. <laughs> and that's just, they have to just yeah. read that every morning. Just know. So that, Did but, you notice that Matt Baker what didn't do music day because he believes music is the devil's work that's right yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he yeah, can't he be there no part of that yeah. so we've got Clara and Angela you yeah. don't often get two of the same sex person doing 
yeah. one show. It's always usually one of each, uh, or, the, or a gender-free one now. I think that's modern. Fuming that there wasn't more Baker action this yeah. week. Yeah. And they were really professional, didn't bugger anything up. I was like, oh, this is sad. The closest yeah. I could get was that Scanlon does a soft H in Gallagher. What to play us out from his latest album, Why Me, Why Not? It's Liam Gallagher with Now That I Found You. Thank Woo! you so much, guys. I found that charming but annoying. Going, I isn't found it annoying. Isn't doing Gallagher. Uh, Scanlon is one of those presenters, I think she is quite good, but she's one of those ones who is absolutely thinking ahead to the next link and not really listening to the last <laughs> sentence the person has this said. This is what Cla- Clara Antho is the only person on there that you actually go, she's asking a question, taking in the art. Yeah. The, the rest of them, especially Matt Baker, they just ask a question. You can just see their cogs are going, not listening yeah. to anything yeah. anyone's saying, yeah. making no reference to what they've just said. Yeah. Matt Baker making all sorts of noises. <laughs> it's like, you're not listening. There was a great moment when Scanlon at the beginning of Thursdays, because they had Niall on, but he had a great big... First of all, I got distracted by the big dog choker. Chain round his Chain neck. Chain round his yeah. neck. That was, a, that was much too big and thick, I think. It, it literally was... looked like he'd been taking his dog for a walk, yeah. but his... But, but if, he, if he has, his neck. dog is the size of a Tyrannosaurus because <laughs> yeah. it was a big old chain. Yeah. But she he, she was chat, chatting to him about, what was she talking about? Just just general hellos, I think. It wasn't anything special or particular. And he didn't say anything special or particular, to which she responded, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, where do I start? Um, uh, right now I'm currently working with Andrew Lloyd Webber on the film Cats, mm-hmm. which is we'll be talking a blast. About that. Oh, yeah. More later on. <laughs> We're having really f- a lot of fun doing that. and Just every day, writing and playing with people. It's brilliant. It's fun. Absolutely brilliant. Well, <laughs> <laughs> nothing he said was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. You just weren't listening. Yeah, he took a while to warm up because he's a good guest yeah. and is notoriously very chatty and tells. He is the opposite of Lazenby. He will happily tell stories about everyone he's worked with. He's yeah. got a good life story. He's a really good uh, BBC caliber guest. You yeah, can, even Jules Holland can interview Niall Rogers. It's an amazing thing. But he was really subdued at the beginning. Yeah. He had a he had a package that was genuinely quite good about dementia and yes. music and things. So. He had that to come up with thinking, oh, you might be quite fun. But I thought he was really... There was nothing in that first sort of three or four exchanges. It was like, oh, you're working with Andrew Lloyd Webber? Yeah. And then there was a big gap. And in that gap, he said, you're working with Andrew Lloyd Webber on Cats. And in the gap after that, all anyone could think of was the trailer for Cats. Yeah. Yes. And I yeah. found it really upsetting. I went, no, don't, no, don't leave a gap because I'm thinking no, of it. No, no, oh, we're thinking oh, it's going to be the worst cat, film ever made. Cat oh. nipples, cat nipples. Yeah. That's, so, that's so one show, getting a decent guest like Niall Rogers on. <laughs> <clears throat> and all the things that you could talk to Niall Rogers about, <laughs> and they talked about him doing cats and the fact that his mum was 13 when she fell pregnant with him. Like, that they was, were the two oh, things that they I mean, chatted that, the I most. Didn't, I learned that this way. I didn't Actually, know that. I didn't know that. Actually, did you notice as well, they were happy to talk, <laughs> this is classic one show, happy to talk about his mum being 14 when he was born. Yeah. They were very unhappy with talking about her falling pregnant at 13. Yeah. Because that's from, got sex in it. Apart from one woman in the audience <laughs> who roared with laughter. <laughs> When he went, oh, she was actually 13, some women went, ah! I think a lot of people watching that Mm. would be quite surprised, maybe, or might not have known that she was so young when she had you. And you kind of essentially grew up together, really. Yeah, we were more uh, like brother and sister than mom and child. 
I, I left home at 14. I left home the same age that she fell pregnant. So, yeah. or actually that she had me. Yeah. She fell pregnant at 13. Oh, wow. yeah. okay, what, okay. what was it about giving birth at 14 that didn't make you think she would have been 30? <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that it's everything. Sort of, it's slightly Victorian, like covering up the legs of the table. Yeah. You can't actually have the sexy bit, the birth, that's fine. Because that's stem cells, that's yeah. all right. <laughs> we, but we can't do the fact that, that she had pre- Underage sex. Yeah. That's just so unwanted. Well, I'll always thinking after that. I'd already, I'd already got the cat nipple thing in my head from the cat straight. <laughs> yeah. And now all I'm thinking, thinking was, ah, oh, son of a pedo. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like that would have been number one on a Jimmy Savile hosted Top of the Pops. And now number oh, one, God. chicory tip with son of a pedo. <laughs> son of a pedo man. Yeah. <laughs> Dusty <laughs> Springfield. God, oh, it was so awkward. And welcome to the musical podcast. I'm Kiri. And I'm Jade. And I'm Dave. And Dave's on keys. But we don't play that too much because otherwise we'll have to pay some people rights money. Yeah. Uh, we do a live show where comedians come and sing their favourite musical theatre songs in front of a live audience. This podcast is us bringing that person inside of a building. <laughs> welcome to Just a Minute with Jade Adams. <laughs> I'm panicked. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. But he, he, again, he is a really good guest. So the fact, actually, Emily, Emily Sunday's good at chatting. They were fine, but yeah, they were getting, right. it was really interesting to watch them get nothing out of them. And you go, they're good. Those yeah. Two. yeah. There was a film then about um, BBC Music Day, which just showed a few, uh, what they said were highlights. People I love from, from around, around the country. I love this. I, I mean, we started off with a bit of Professor Green doing the weather doing on BBC Breakfast. Professor Green is going to take over the weather from this Thank point. You. <laughs> Bringing in some proper strong winds, like 40 to 50 mile an hour winds. Because that happened in the morning. And and then we had Keane singing on a tram in Manchester. Then we had the darkness on Bargain Hunt, which Where, promised yeah. oh, to be oh. an absolute highlight, but they didn't even show any... 
cl- it was just visual clips over it keen was, singing. What was amazing is they kept doing this. Is that I've, I think the phrase "the darkness on Bargain Hunt" is a, the most BBC Music Day <laughs> thing that could ever happen. Go, what would BBC Music Day would it be? I don't know. A staging of pet sounds? No, it would be the darkness on Bargain Hunt. That's what the BBC <laughs> would go. That's better. That's better than us doing I don't know a concert of something. Yeah, yeah the darkness on Bargain Hunt comes up, but they have these things where you can't hear what's going on, and the montage is cut to whatever the song was before to the extent that people were standing there playing the guitar and you couldn't hear them and you went this is the opposite of celebrating music. It was yes. a really weird montage. It was it's a celebration of BBC very specific music dates. Very. So, yeah, yeah. You think, if you're going to put montage together now I imagine and from a technical point of view if you're putting a musical montage together in a hurry which they were because all of that stuff had happened on the day oh, of broadcast right. yeah. I presume to, just the sound mix alone yeah. right is going to be is going to take time it's a time yeah. consuming thing to do so what they've done is just overlay what the first song was in the whole sequence over the rest of the clips <laughs> which made it easy I think to that's celebrate probably music. Yeah, exactly but it was, we're going to silence everyone <laughs> it was all in keeping with them at the beginning saying will you send us pictures of you playing music okay we did a call out Oh, earlier yes, on, did. didn't we? About all of you, music a lot at home. Let's start. Maddie sent this picture of her, Trevor and Lowen all playing oh, the guitar oh. together. Cute. <laughs> and smelling a colour. I mean, just genuinely, the synesthesia of <laughs> it going, no, no, send us recordings of you playing music. Oh, it's yeah, so yeah, weird. Yeah, 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 that whole, like, yeah. audience participation thing of, like, oh, yeah, we're talking about this. Send us a picture. Why? No one wants to, no one wants to see no, that. No, and if they, and if you think, when, when they always show these pictures at the end and they're, they're just nothing and they're terrible, they've got to get some time filling out of it. Yeah. And you think, if they were the best of the lot, why yeah. have you even bothered? <laughs> Are the rest of them just dick pics? <laughs> Is that what happens? Yeah. They go, right, it's the top 1% of broadcastable. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> the rest of the listeners to this show sending in abuse. So this is my wife. Me and my wife are home and she's playing the pink oboe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't show that picture. I wonder how many of those they got. Oh, God. Uh, well, I only sent five. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, naked, playing the cello again. Yeah, again. Oh, God, what's it like? Look what he's written on it. He's written what's it like on it again. That podcast guy keeps sending stuff in. Here's me with my dick caught in a harp. <laughs> uh, and then we had another, a nice handbrake turn here as well, because Liam Gallagher was going to be on the show. So Liam's in the building, they said, uh, and he's getting... <laughs> Married soon, so he might be in the market for a ring. Here's a film set in a gold factory. <laughs> it was, so, it it was, was such a tenuous brilliant. link. It was like, oh, Christ. Liam Gallagher is in oh, the yeah. building. He's going to be performing live in just a couple of minutes. And as he's getting married soon, he might be in the market for a big old wedding ring. So here is the second film from Wonderful Angela about the UK's only gold factory. Now, this was shelf as well, oh, because God. it was an Angela Scanlon movie. And she was presenting the show, which they don't often do. So it's clearly they've gone, oh, God, we need a film to fill some time. But this was a two-parter. They had the first part on on Thursday. This was the second part of a film about a gold factory. Uh, I didn't even realise So if you haven't seen the first part, it has got spoilers in it. So please look away now. Uh, But it was so dull. Well, it was such a... It reminded me of when you're um, at school... You know, you'd watch those things like, where does your rubbish go? Where does your milk come from? That, you know, you watch when you're 12. And it was like, 
here's a gold factory. There's 20 grand on the mat. Ooh, wow. That, well, that bit was interesting. It was the interesting. That, the fact that it, the people that work there have to have their overalls wiped down washed in a special filtration yeah. system and and the, because of specks of precious metal and in every wash that they do once a month I would literally if I 40,000 if I were I'd be, I'd be shoving gold dust down my bra working in the factory leaves microscopic but valuable specks of precious metals on everyone's overalls the laundry has a very special filtration unit to collect them so these go in so little flecks of tiny, gold tiny dust. amounts of platinum, palladium, silver, gold, everything we can think of. Collected. How long? Every, how how often? Every six months. So we'll we'll drain it out. Okay. How much is sitting in those tanks? Anywhere between. It depends how busy we've been, but anywhere between twenty and forty thousand pounds. No. What was amazing about this is you go. The one show is always desperate for a link and a pun, and they had a scene in which people were dealing with valuable things, yeah. and they were washing them out of clothes, and then they were washing the the silver the silver bars. Yeah. And you go. Laundering money. Money laundry. Laund- no one said no one it's said. like laundering money. It was just sitting there in front of them going, this is basic presenting 101. You're, they are washing money. L- money laundry. Just <laughs> yeah. say that. And I, it, it was annoying me like someone playing a whole scale and not playing the last note. I just found it really, really irritating. That yeah. no you one might, I've joke. just realised that you as a, com- as a comedy writer watching the one show, <laughs> it must be the most infuriating. Bum note after bum note. Yeah. It's really bad. It's like watching Les Dawson play the piano. Yeah. Yeah. Although he knows what he's doing, <laughs> to be fair to Les Dawson. Yeah. Uh, the, Although there was a lovely bit when they were um, washing the yeah. the silver, but one of my uh, favourite things in any of those segments is when they've they've gone somewhere and they've said to people, "Don't look down the camera." <laughs> and I love when you just see people like staring, and the guy that was helping her wash the silver was like staring down. He was, the camera. he was like it was an alien creature's <laughs> eye. It, it was absolutely there's, was. There's it was a lovely really thing weird in those factory segments where people are great at their jobs but this is the most exciting thing that's ever happened yeah. to them as they've been on yeah. television. Yeah. And then you get that thing. Again, it's a bit like the self-presenting things where someone gets to say things. There was a line in this that I thought was so beautiful. It was a slightly dull man who was in charge and he was saying things like, um, this is the goddess Lakshmi and on <laughs> yes. the other side, the symbol Om. Well, here Dave is minting a Diwali coin. So these are one-ounce silver coins. This is the goddess Lakshmi on, uh, on this side here. They're seen as a symbol of prosperity and good luck. And on the reverse side, we have the Hindu sign called the Om. And then, and then, then you referred to something and he went... This is something that, that, that we produce. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brilliant line. No one says that. This is, this is something we make. Well, it's in your factory. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. It was all, that's it all was he had to say about it. The, the man staring down the the camera when he shouldn't have been as well. You know that's like the twentieth take. Yeah, and the director and has just given up. In the please end. stop looking. This time, yeah. we'll do it again. We'll do it again. But this time, just look at what you're washing. Yeah. Yeah. don't look down the camera. Yeah. Right? we're not here. Ignore yeah. us. Yeah, that's what, right. Just chat. Yeah. What, to I'll do, no, what I'll do? What no. I'll do? I've got a puppet, and I'll hold the puppet. Out. Just <laughs> look at Mr. Bobo. Look at me. Don't look at the camera. <laughs> One of my favourite things. <laughs> so nice. It's just people staring. The Diwali like, thing was marvellous, though, wasn't it? When uh, oh. the slightly dull manufacturing man yeah. was talking about Diwali yeah. uh, and what they do, they manufacture um, all sorts of silver and gold trinkets, not just some for wedding weddings rings and, and stuff. stuff yeah. but, but, but anniversary presents, that kind of thing. A sort of naff, solid silver golf tees of the sort oh, you used to get, uh, you used to buy for dull uncles. Oh, hang on, I know, I know, I know, I know like something about that because that was something they manufacture. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that. It was. It was. Um, and then when he started going on about, we do these Diwali coins, and he was sort 
sort of going, um, and they are believed to be mystical, and oh. there is good luck in them, and uh, they are mystical Diwali coins. And I'm thinking, if you are a great believer in Diwali and you're, you're holding this mystical coin in your hand, you've now seen the curtain be pulled away, and it's just sort of manufactured by a bloke in a factory in Wigan <laughs> or wherever <laughs> he it ruined was. it. Just terrible. This is in 4.9 silver, so it's very pure. And quite, a, a, which is an important part of this celebration. Um, it's true of all religious relics, and now that's just an <coughs> awful no, truth it. we found yeah. out. Yeah, see, the one show's uncovered an awful truth. <laughs> so it's not just a waste of everyone's fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> like you thought it was. Now, I want to just quickly go back to, uh, to, to Monday as well, because there was other stuff that happened on Monday that we haven't mentioned, uh, which was a. The, the, because the climate strike is kind of a current thing. Yeah. And the one show have got their very own version of Greta, the climate strike uh, front face. Because this was uh, a girl called Emma, who was 16, I think she was from Berry, And they they went to talk to her about burning moors near where she lived. She's invited me to meet her at the top of Holcombe Moor, an area near her home that's been hit by wildfires, which she believes have been made worse by climate change. I live here on these hills. This is my home. This is my kind of safe and peaceful haven. Those wildfires, they angered something within me and the fact that somewhere that I hold so dearly could be destroyed within a matter of hours, it, it resonates really powerful in me. I switched off, to be honest. <laughs> oh, you, you missed some good stuff. I just... Actually, by switching off, you have saved electricity and therefore helped the planet. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. Exactly. That's true. That, you did your own was, climate yeah. yeah. Um I think, yeah, because her mum was saying about that she wanted to miss music. For, imagine, like, you bring these wonderful little children up and you think, I'm going to teach them to you know, be very earnest and, and kind of conscious in the world. And then they get to that age and go, oh, I really want to go to a climate strike and not go to that music festival. And her mum was like, absolutely not. You're going to music festival. Yeah, you're not fucking up everyone's weekend yeah. and uh, do that in your own time. We've been going to music festivals since Emma was four years old. It's like the high point of her summer. And this year, the emergency climate strike fell on the first day of the festival and she asked if we could delay going to the festival. So she wanted to go on a climate strike? She wanted to go on the climate strike, so we had to say, no, we're all going to the festival. You're coming to the yeah. festival. But she wanted to be at the strike. It means that much to her. Yeah, it was a real saffy from Abfab feel <laughs> yeah. to it, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Mum wants to go and get drug, go do drugs and get off her head. And she's <laughs> yeah. going, can we go and save the planet? And said, in your own time. You can, you can, you can <laughs> bunk off school, whatever you want. There was a really good interview with a little kid who went, I'm not going to do the strike because I've got PE and I like PE. <laughs> yeah. That was not all the children are on board with the strike. You're not going to go? No. Why not? I've got PE, so I'd rather be in PE. And there was also the headmaster who was trying to do a thing which you would do as headmaster, say, yeah, we support yeah, yeah. the kids doing this. But also, it's important they learn. And, and the, the explanation he came up with, he said, no, they do need to be in school where they're safe. I don't agree with people striking from school. Uh, they need to be in school where they're safe. And you went, yeah, because it's on fire out there. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> what Berry she said. is on fire because of the wildfires. Yeah. So you go, yeah, stay in school where you're not on fire. When device. we came out of this film as well, Clara said... Go Greta! And I was thinking, but it's a film about Emma. Emma yeah. yeah. What's it got to do there. with Greta? It was her first day. Oh, I know. Yeah. Everyone's been working really hard on getting Thunberg right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that in the news that she was Thunberg. Thunberg for a bit. She was Thunberg. Thunberg. It ruined the Thunbergs are go yeah. puns. <laughs> she's Thunberg. They've been working on that and they've forgotten that wasn't her. She was head girl and uh, and she ran the eco club. That's right. And he yeah. thought that sounds fun. Yeah, what a dull film it was. Uh, <laughs> Kim, Kim Marsh was then in the studio. Kim Marsh, formerly of 
Hearsay. Hearsay. Thank you very much, yeah. Mr. Popmaster over there. I watched uh, the whole of that recently on DVD, which my wife bought off eBay, the DVD of Pop Idol. What? what? No, Pop Stars, sorry. Pop Stars. And it is absolutely brilliant. I recommend everyone go and buy a copy of eBay. It's so entertaining. Good Lord. It's the original Choosing a Pop Band reality show. Yeah. And it's basically yeah. all done in shipping containers. It's so unglamorous. And it's it's like a fly-on-the-wall thing about an exploitational trade in like, sex trafficking. Yeah. It's really <laughs> grim and brilliant. And everyone's really earnest. And Nasty Nigel is the nicest man in the world. Yeah. And you realise how far we've come in, well, it's 15 years. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's really, they're lovely. Kim Marsh is Oh, great. she came across very well, I thought, she's on terrific. the surface. Um, and she, she's doing a, a, a programme where people are being scammed on online. What she call it? Romance scamming. It's basically catfishing, oh. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, here I am pretending to be someone online. Give me all your money, please. Yeah. And the, but there was an interesting point here, because I've always thought... Why would people just send money to people they're flirting with online? Why? And they sort of had a go at explaining that. And initially my thought was, come on now. Who's going to hand over money to someone you've never met? Surely that's, you know. But actually, when I met these people and I went and part of my job was to go and chat to them and and find out more about their story. Mm. Uh, And actually they were asking all the right questions. They were asking for proof. They were asking for evidence. They were asking, who are are you? Show me who you really are. And they're presenting them with these documents to kind of prove who they are. And you think, well, these people are backing their story up. Right. And actually what it is, it's quite a sophisticated, sophisticated uh, yeah. scam. And, and the answer is because people just become slightly besotted and that shuts down all of their mental faculties. Yeah, it's that cognitive bias thing, isn't it? Something's going, oh, this is weird. <laughs> You're sending my... Like, there was a woman, I don't know if, if this is the same woman... There's a woman on like morning breakfast and, and this guy said that his dog was dying and I think she sent him about 100 grand oh in that vet's a, bills. That's a dog the size of Niall Rogers' dog. <laughs> <laughs> It's 100 grand's worth of dog. But it is that thing where you kind of... And Kim Marsh did a very good job of going... You know, I'm sure everyone like me thinks, well, how on earth could this happen? But after spending time with these women, you see why. And you just think, no. Yeah. No. No. I think there was another Clara... A Clara faux pas here as well. Oh, God, what did she do? Did I miss this one? I think she said... um, And here's the moment... They were introducing a clip of the programme. And I think she said, and here's the moment you confronted Pat... But Pat was the victim. Take a look at you in action. <laughs> so here's what happened when you confronted um, Pat. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't confronting Pat. We're confronting the scammer at the end of the, the phone. The catfisher. Yeah. And I thought, ooh. When the family rewatch that, they'll go, Yes, where she made that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, be there, they'll watch it again and again and again. Who was she called it? Pat. Yeah, it's like Pat's fault. It's Pat's fault, this. My favourite thing about that was them saying, was Matt, was Matt asking what Kim Marsh was up to next. And when she replied, <laughs> that she was doing Elf the Musical, he went, he kind of went, oh, Kim. The next thing for me, I'm going back to the stage. So I'm... Um, oh, Kim. It was literally like <laughs> oh. the most wonderful thing to ever oh, I thought you meant like, like, oh, it's beneath you. No, no. he kind of... It he was loved it. He loves it. I think it was that thing of going, it's one of those things that maybe not everyone who's been in here, say, to Coronation Street, to Elf the Musical. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Maybe I that's me it's... being a snob. That he thought... Oh, that's a bit shit. I'm going to really overcompensate. Oh, right. oh, Kim, he kind of makes this really weird. I wondered whether it's just one thing, the only thing perhaps, that Matt has heard of. <laughs> <laughs> he did say, oh, I love that. Uh, so this is Elf Extravaganza. Oh, uh, I love this musical. Do you think oh, a man travels round on a wagon and shows them Elf <laughs> in the country at Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> on a magical screen? It's all he knows. <laughs> 
literally like the most animated. Well, we've, we've, got, been. Uh, we've got elves on my farm. <laughs> <laughs> down there in, uh, in, uh, what are they like <laughs> what's that like oh. right so any other business before we bring this sorry sorry tale of the one show this laser week. be weak laser, laser be weak, weak. Laser, laser be weak, weak. <laughs> to, to an, and he was very weak <laughs> to, to an end Liam Gallagher yeah well he came on it was really weird because he hadn't been part of the show and it had been music day and they had Nile Rogers and Emily Sande on who are good and they're good at their jobs and things and they sort of kept him clear of them and then they sort of said Nile it was a special treat would you like to come out and watch someone who's a lot worse at music than you <laughs> and he was, he was standing there he was joining in gamely but I think it's a bit like so we've got a Michelin chef would you like to come and watch me burn eggy bread outside it's just really small and he, he had on the, on the, he was standing in front of this I think it was painted on the back of the keyboard, but it just said rock and roll. Yeah. As if it was like a cue card. What do I have to do? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll just do that. Who am I? Just to remind him. And he was, he was, and it all been about like how healing music is for like people with dementia. Yeah. And he starts stomping about like a man who thinks he's John Lennon. And it was quite touching because I went, oh, bless you. You still think you're an oasis. Yeah. And it was, there's a sort of, his band had really doing a good job, but he's just. <coughs> He was very much the Lazenby of pop. You went, you had yeah. your thing and you let it go. There's something really tragic, like a lion in a regional zoo about Liam Gallagher at the moment. I find it kind of oddly touching, watching him storm back going, you were in charge of everything for a minute. Yeah. Mm. And actually, the weird thing is, your brother's better at this than you. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, I found, I found it oddly affecting watching Nile Rodgers watch him. He still threw a tambourine on the floor quite dramatically. Did he? Yeah. Did, he, yeah. Spot that. did he break yeah. it? Did he, he did pay it. for that? No, he, he, didn't, he didn't break it, sadly. He didn't throw it hard enough. I have a feeling he's still there now. <laughs> Throwing it again, throwing and, again and again and again. Oh, um, God. Yeah, that's, again, that's something a toddler would do, isn't it? Yeah. What are you going to do? Smash up a tambourine. We haven't yeah. talked on the you? one show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. You're right. He went from sort of, you know, the, I think Oasis at the time were the, the biggest band selling out Nebworth on yeah. a record number of people. And now he's playing the forecourt outside the one show. I mean, fair enough. But you're right. I mean, I'm not doing that. I mean, I'm just, no, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. And here's us just talking We're about sat it. We're watching I mean, and talking about the yeah. one show. I, I've been Who asked wins? for no money to watch him do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the real winner? That's exactly right. <laughs> we should talk briefly about the dementia film. We did touch on it, but this was actually very good, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It's all about music therapy and how yeah. it can help people with dementia. And the Nile Rogers connection, which you've mentioned, was that his mum has dementia and he exposes her to music every day. She's at some kind of help. music therapy place where yeah. 70% of the day they're doing music activities. Yeah. expensive, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's my first thought. Yeah. Yeah. That costs. Very expensive. She's but, not sat in a chair with the one show on, is she? No. <laughs> but there was a nice bit. Actually, she might be because, you know, because at the end of the day, it has music on it. Yeah, she might yeah. like Liam Gallagher. I don't know. Anyway, Niall had got, obviously gone to play his guitar in front of some people with dementia. And actually, watching them enjoy it was pretty life affirming. Oh, it was so touching. It was very good. Have you, have you got friends, uh, friends and relatives and things who've been in nursing homes and things? Mm. And they do music activities, and it's always a bit heartbreaking because it's someone doing Froggy Went to Courting on a Casio keyboard. Yeah. And you go, oh, they don't like this. But watching the people, Imagine watching, Niall Rogers turned up. In. It was bloody brilliant. It was, uh, yeah, it was really. I thought that was a really lovely little package. But it's true, isn't it? It's, yeah. that's, it's the Shakespeare thing. It's the seven ages of man. You start off mm. mewling and puking yeah. over here, and then you end up like that. Yeah. But you end up liking Froggy Went to Courting again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that's all it is. Or, uh, or, or, or either that, or you get Nile Rogers if you're really lucky. If, yeah, if you get lucky. Uh, so if, <laughs> nice. One, nice. Thanks. There was one noticeable. What's it? What was it like this week? Did anyone spot the? There was one. Ooh. I think on. Ooh. I think it was on Lazenby Tuesday. Okay. What was it like failing to get a career? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were talking. This was to Fiona Bruce, and because mm. uh, she was on, as we said, she came running in. 
uh, from doing the six o'clock news. news. And Matt said they've been watching the newsroom all day because uh, the BBC, it's a big goldfish bowl. You can just yeah. see what's going on. And he said... Uh, but, yeah, just the energy that must have been around today. What's it been well, like? What's it been like? <laughs> and that is all we have time for. You've been listening to The, the, the One show, show, show with me, John Holmes, and my guests this week, Joel Morris and Lucy Pinder. Please remember to tell your friends about this. Rate please rate and review, please review the The One Show show on iTunes because it helps us out. And frankly, I cannot say this too lightly, we watch The One Show for you. It's all for you, so throw us a review bone on iTunes because we really appreciate it. While you're remembering to do that, also remember this and remember it well. When you look at the television to look at The One Show, The One Show also looks back into you. Goodbye. <laughs> All of television history is contained in the Box of Delights. I've climbed up Nelson's column once before. These are small. And put it down in front of Backpuss. I'm Julia Rayside. Join me and my guests as we dip into our favourite TV memories. Boys mustn't hesitate bashing their head like this. You can't tell me what to do. You ain't my mother! I love it when a plan comes together. Come and tell us what yours are too. We've all been told we can't discuss nominations. It's a bit of car air. Shut up with a novel on the top. I think I like you, Lovejoy. Find us on Twitter at Box Delights Pod and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Great Big Owl. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.